0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast, I'm your host Mike German, we're here with my friend and trusted producer Max Kerman, we also have our pop culture aficionado Shane Cunningham and working the dials is intern Erica, gang what's going on, how you doing, it's been about a week, Uh, yeah how's everyone feeling, it was a hot one today,
1: it was good, I got air conditioning installed in my house today,
0: hey congrats, wait you didn't have that?
1: no, never had it. Uh, my old tenant and roommate, uh, your brother Greg Vierman, gave me shit about it for years. And so now that he's it's finally out of the house, then uh, that's now's the time to do it. But it has like central
2: I, air or one of those ones that hangs out the window.
1: No, no central air, like the real fancy Ooh. deal. Yeah, it's wow. no, yeah, there's a he's guy actually
2: paying a uh, he's
0: paying a fan to fan him 24 <laughs> yeah. hours a day. <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on around in the house. I it's love great. my fans. <laughs> 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 Ash is laughing. She um, liked that one. Uh, but um, I, uh, it is kind of funny, though, because I have just refused to be of any help when it comes to any physical labor around the house. You know, if something needs to get done, I just call a guy. I'm not lifting a finger. So it's funny, Our our neighbor, Dave, who's a kind of like a contractor and takes care of everything around the house he's out there like in the 40 degree heat like sweating and like putting patio st- stone in i will like go outside to say hi and offer him a beer and then i'll go back inside and like do like a 30 minute youtube workout <laughs> uh, while he's outside like you know sweating his ass off and but i you know I have my parameters when it comes to how I like to participate in such things. So so far so good though, and so it's all working. Who mows out. your lawn? Uh, we don't really have
2: a lawn. Oh yeah. Who does? Do you do any yard work at all? No, 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 no. I refuse.
0: <laughs> Shane, do you? Uh, do What's you that? mow your lawn? Do you mow your lawn? Are you the lawn guy? Uh,
2: I do. Yeah, for sure. It would look terrible if Alex being eight months pregnant was out there <laughs> mowing the lawn. Like, I wouldn't be able to face the neighbors. Uh, but the second that baby's out, she's on lawn duty. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do kind of keep a competition with my neighbors. So the second that my grass is longer than theirs, I mow my lawn. And mm. I use that as the barometer for mm. how when, when I should mow. Yeah.
0: Well, what
2: about you, uh, Mike?
0: Oh, I'm the lawn guy. I actually, I take pride in it. Uh, it's when when we when we first got this place a couple of years ago. I'd never lived, like, in a house and had to do, like, a lawn before or whatever. And I was like, this is why people live in condos so they don't have to deal with this. And I really fought the idea of being a guy that, like, did yard stuff or, like, trimmed the hedges and all that shit that you can imagine. Uh, and then once I started doing it, like, now I'm that guy. I'm, like, this guy that sits on my back porch and I just look out at the lawn and I'm, like, get a little long. I think I need to uh, get to that. <laughs> like, it's just, like, becomes this thing where it's, like, I want to throw in a podcast and I want to do the, the lawn. Do you think part
1: of it has to do with the fact, though, that you don't have to deal with your kid or your wife? Because it's just you time? You're like, you're being
2: helpful. How
0: dare you?
2: Oh, oh. I'm mowing again? You <laughs> mowed it two hours ago.
3: Shut up. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is funny. I will say, like, uh, just, just you would think because of the current circumstances in the world that people would have more time. I find I have absolutely no time. So when a pod comes out where it's like, I'm actually want to like, listen to something uh, I'll have to like, like say it's like Simmons or like say it's Zach Lowe talking about the NBA. I will find the 20 minute section that I want to listen to. Say he's going to talk about something interesting. And then I will listen to that in my 20 minute pocket where I'm like scarfing down some food and then back to the grind. Do you guys do that where you'll jump to a part of like the pod you're listening to that you want to?
1: No, I don't have a kid, Mike. I just do whatever the fuck I want. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. You live in the dream. I
0: heard. I heard. You just got central air. You mm-hmm. don't do any lawn work. Shane, do you jump to uh, certain pod sections? I only
2: listen to pods at night now, so my pod usage is way down. I am scared to listen to any headphones while I'm mowing the lawn. I've got a terrible fear that I'm going to run over a baby toy, ruin the lawnmower without mm. noticing, or run over my foot or something.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Mm. That's probably the responsible thing. I just Yeah, I crank that pod while I'm doing the lawn.
2: Hey guys, so some, um, what's your lawn like? Oh, sorry, sorry.
1: My lawn.
4: Erica I, I lawn.
2: just I just didn't care about what Erica was gonna say. So go uh, ahead, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be sexist here. <laughs> we ignore Erica like man stuff here with the lawn.
4: Uh, yeah. My parents actually got like a push lawnmower from my neighbors a few years ago. So when I'm home, I like to actually do it. It's a great workout.
0: Wow, those are hard. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle a push mower. Those yeah. are if you're yeah if your lawn is uh, getting long, you're gonna gonna get some good pipes yeah
4: not frequently i don't do it frequently but occasionally but my dad is obsessed with the lawn so it's usually tip-top shape i would say
0: maybe that's why i'm a lawn guy now because yeah. i'm a dad but Maxi, mm-hmm. what were you going to say to the gang you, you seem like you're getting bored of this uh <laughs> this mundane uh domestic talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's keep it moving
1: yeah let's keep it moving let's get to the topics oh
0: that, that's it <laughs> all right <laughs> oh actually uh what i
2: missed that Oh, I was just saying you don't suffer fools. Oh, no. Uh,
1: I don't know what that means. You what is don't that, know what that, that expression.
2: Sort of <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry.
0: Know, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a roast or anything.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay, good call. Just back. keep going. Just keep going. Um, Thank you. Did call you back. see that uh, hockey uh, is coming back? And also MLS, uh, which relates to Erica's job, might be coming back, and the NBA. Uh, any, any thoughts on that before we get to topics? Um, are, are we excited about the possibly play the Memphis Grizzlies, if that's a thing. Mike, what do you think?
0: My feeling about all of this is genuinely like, I, I, I would be so excited to watch NBA basketball, but a part of me is also like, if something tragic happens... It's going to be, it's going to just suck so bad. Like the way that we feel about it, like right now it feels good. It does feel good. And hopefully everything goes well. And it's like, there might not be a vaccine or a good treatment for them for a half decade. It's like things will eventually go back. Sports will start happening with this sort of, I guess what people find an acceptable level of risk. So to answer your question if I could have NBA basketball back in my life while we're all sitting around here, you know what I mean? I would like, I would love that. It would be so cool to watch an NBA game and my favorite team in the playoffs. Uh, But I am, there's a part of me that is like, it's going to be a disaster if something tragic happens. Like we're all going to feel like shit and we're going to feel silly and petty for like even forcing it through. I think that's my thought.
1: Well, you know, I was listening to Charles Barkley on Zach Lowe's podcast and Barkley was like, I don't think we should play. And he was, like, adamant for those reasons. What if someone gets sick? Lowe was like, well, you know what? People are are, are existing in this current state. You know, th- this virus takes different formations. Things change week to week. And it's like you look out, and this is not to condone the behavior, but it's like, you know, people are out and about. People are living their lives. So it's like the idea that people might get the virus in an MBA campus setting, like, obviously would be upsetting. If someone died, it would be really upsetting. But- you know, Carl Anthony Towns mother passed away from the virus and it's fucking brutal. And it's just like, I guess my the point I'm trying to make is that is the NBA and players playing together in a very contained space, like any less dangerous than what's already happening, like in, in everyone's day to day life to begin with. So I'm just saying that it's just like there's risks. I think we've all accepted that there's just like going to be risks moving forward and that like p- people playing together uh, is I don't think is a high one. At least that's the argument.
2: Yeah, it's pretty high though. You're you're passing a ball around, which is going to be covered in germs, and you're no, like but people are getting tested before they
1: go, and it's, in, and it's supposed to be an enclosed place, and people are going to the yeah. grocery store, like all these NBA players are out and about every single day in
2: mm-hmm. this environment. They wouldn't have to go anywhere. Like, isn't that the argument that it could be? Well, they're going to be in a hotel, so the model is going to have to be like so airtight. What about with the people changing their bedding and the people, every single person in the hotel, everyone who touches the door? If they run it like a tight ship, I still think there's a possibility one player might get it and then they're going to have to shut the whole season down anyway. Like I have a feeling it's not mm. going to last.
0: That's interesting. So your prediction is so they'll go forward with it and then it will get shut down before it, its completion.
2: Yeah, and it, it, maybe it's not an NBA player who has it, but it's going to be revealed that a hotel employee has it. That where the people are staying at, where they where the players are staying, right. and then they're just going to shut the whole thing down. That's what I think. It, it doesn't seem no. Foolproof, you're right. It's
1: definitely not foolproof. But like the law laws around the corner in Toronto here, they they get they had to be shut down for a couple of days because a couple of the employees had it and how many thousands of people shop at that i'm just saying that like this happens in everyday life altogether
2: it's different though when it's an essential service like food Mm. or anything to sustain life when it's a game like literally a game it is the stakes are a little bit different and i think the ability to shut it down becomes a little bit easier when it's not necessarily although we want yeah ball
0: isn't literally life that's just a good catchphrase
2: (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) yeah loblaws is yeah
0: loblaws is actually life you need that food um yeah. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, Erica, how, what's the vibe? Like uh, you work in uh, sports entertainment. What, what's, what's the vibe? I mean, it's exciting because you guys are getting to go back to work and the whole thing is we need to press forward in some sort of new reality until, uh, like I said, there's a, a cure or vaccine um, or treatment or a vaccine. What's the vibe in sports entertainment in, in your industry?
4: Yeah, I think it's it's also same pretty much same sentiment. It's cautious optimism. Like everyone is obviously so excited to finally get you know live sports back, but... Yeah, I think there is maybe just a little bit of nervousness going into it all just because, I mean, uh, the if, if things start back up, content people are going to be going as well. And, like, every team has to send someone from their, like, media team or at least, like, PR team or something to these things. Like, these things, like, they don't get on your TV without other people coming there, too, right? You know what I mean? So there will be a whole other, like, aspect of people getting there and stuff. So... It's going to, the circle of people that are there, of like normies that are going to end up being there, like even to like what Shane said, the hotel workers and stuff like that, I think it's going to be and a lot. And their family members. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot larger than people may think. And yeah. so I, I I don't know. I Yeah, I think it's cautiously optimistic.
2: I'm just going to be so uncomfortable if the Raptors make it to the finals. I'll just be thinking, oh, someone's going to get the virus. Someone's going to fuck this up. And then they cancel the season when the Raptors are in the <laughs> finals. You know, wouldn't that be like the perfect thing to happen to us? You well, know
0: what? You know what would be crazy is let's say the Raptors make the finals, but there's some sort of weird circumstance, or they say they win it. It's like they're gonna have. It's yeah. gonna be such an asterisk. An
2: a- two asterisks. That's it. yeah. it's,
0: If anything, it's gonna reinforce well, you the first. Asterisk, asterisk. No matter what,
2: like that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And by the way, I don't mean to be like flipping I mean, about yeah. it.
1: Like I, I don't want to make it like, oh, who cares? Kids were hanging out at Trinity Bellwoods. The life needs to go on. People need their relief. People like need to. See other people. It's not that argument at all. Um,
0: No, I don't think so. It didn't come across that way either. And I think that there is a large... I, I think that people... We do need to figure out what this looks like if it's going to be a few years of this. You know what I mean? And it's like... If yeah. everybody stays inside, like I don't know if sports is something that we need or whatever, but stuff's gonna need to happen that that like progress will have to get made in certain areas or else we're all like money's just gonna dry up. Like we're just the grocery stores won't stay open, people can't afford food, things like that, I mean, are going to happen. So what are the first steps towards sort of like starting that giant wheel that is the economy back up so that, you know, their energy is generated. Um I, I, I don't know I mean it's a good question but I think those this is the start of those questions and the answers might be uncomfortable because that they, they are I mean it this is not this is a terrible situation
1: yeah and by the way though like the, the I'm obviously no public health official but like Ontario and Quebec have it bad still like we're not nearly out of it and hosting a thing like this in Toronto would probably be a poor idea it, you know BC at least right now hasn't has had like one new case like the other provinces in the middle of the country like like their, their, their trends move in different ways. It's not to say that there can't be a, like a second win, but there's all the other places in America that are, that have been relatively untouched by it, right? Anyway, it's all to say that like the, the idea that we compare everything, every situation to the worst case scenario, like, which is like New York City right now, I think needs to be. Just, just consider that like not everything is New York City, and there's different ways to deal with it, and the virus is in a different state than it was three months ago, and we also know a lot more about how the virus gets passed around, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, this is not me like being like stupidly optimistic or hopeful. It's just like also the reality that other, other there there are other realities out there that exist that aren't quite as dangerous as as the worst case scenario that we constantly think about. Which I'm
3: happy
2: that we constantly think about. By the way. Mm-hmm. Well, in a lot of the places that don't have anything, too, they're that way because of the restrictions put in place. Of course, and and I'm happy we did all those restrictions. This wasn't Mm -hmm. like a,
1: why did we restrict in the first place? That's not what I was saying either. Um,
2: Yeah. But I mean, when when this gets lifted, you'll notice it starts to rise and it starts to creep into places that it never did before. And, you know, this whole thing just started with one person, right? So it can grow pretty rapidly. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I think we're all going to be in like very strict quarantine come winter. Like, very, very Mm. strict. Why do you say that? Well, just because I think people are going to loosen up to an uncomfortably loose atmosphere this summer. And just from what I've already seen and like, the one nice day we had, people kind of went loco. And then it's going to be proven, like, oh, look, not that many people are dying or... It's, it's not that bad or the virus is a little less deadly than we thought and then it's just gonna get grow out of hand and more out of hand to improve the economy and then somebody's gonna say okay everybody back in their homes once it gets to like a crazy problem again
0: well that's actually a natural uh, sort of transition right into our, uh, one of our topics which was this sort of amazing day that uh, we had recently and in Toronto there was this photo of a multitude of people in Trinity Bellwoods young people uh, enjoying their day and this photo went viral obviously for um, a plethora of reasons but people were very uncomfortable because everyone's been sort of locked up for you know, three months and observing social distancing and sort of playing by the rules, uh, but then this sort of mass uh, group of people just all kind of went ham uh, on the one nice day. To sort of it felt like a wave of scorn um, from the internet, whether that was Twitter or think pieces in the Star uh, or or any of the other sort of Toronto papers. Um, what did you guys think when you saw the the footage of all those young people sort of enjoying their their afternoon in Trinity Bellwood after sort of you know, the rest of the rest of the world has been sort of locked up and, and, uh, abiding by the rules. Maxie, start with you.
1: Uh, well, it reminded me a little bit of like the Queens university students at homecoming, like that kind of vibe where just like, it's like just like really throwing your privilege in everyone's face. It's like, then that's why it's like so, um, <laughs> so frustrating where it's like all the, like, of course, everybody's having a hard time with this. Every, a lot of these people do live in little, little condo boxes in downtown Toronto Um, And to to have the instinct to want to go outside, that's totally fine. I think that is something that we all need to do. We need to get outside on a nice day. But when it becomes all about just like flaunting and your latest outfit and not sound like a boomer here, but like, and the party and being seen and just like, that is where, when it becomes like really offensive. And, and I just kind of put in the context of like, if they weren't a bunch of white people and there was some other ethnicity, how much racism and vitriol would be thrown at these people? And, 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 and I'm, yeah. so I'm glad these people uh, are being held accountable and being made to feel embarrassed and being made to feel shamed because like they clearly have, took advantage of the situation and were disrespectful to all the healthcare workers out there. Uh, and yeah, I, you, this is not the same thing at all, but I was just thinking about like that, um, you know, the militia guys in Michigan who like stormed the, 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 the state house with guns. You guys, you guys saw that. Yeah, one? I yep, was thinking, it was like, if those were a bunch of black guys mm. that just went in there with guns, they, those black guys would be dead. Right. Like, like, eh, eh. Yeah. and, um, so I just, yeah, I always had kind of put in the context of it's like all these people are, are just so blatantly, yeah, flaunting the their privilege and that and that is obviously the most frustrating part about it
0: cheney boy what'd you think of the of the scene well
2: it made me think of prison a little bit like you know how when people are
0: <laughs> i remember back when you did time man you can never forget it <laughs> a <skin> like that <laughs>
2: Well, you know, when people are in yeah. prison, they get so like pent up and horny that they, um, <laughs> they will literally like they'll have sex with their own gender, even if they're not homosexual at all. So I think that sex is such a powerful drug <laughs> that these people, they just have to go out and peacock at any opportunity they can because, you know, they're in their 20s and they just want to bang. And I think that's at the mm-hmm. heart of all of this. Not wrong. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, like, that's all it is. It's all these hot, trendy, hipster people just dying to show off. Um, And that's all Trinity Bellwoods is.
4: Yeah, and it's, like, public drinking and day drinking. And I feel like this hasn't been around long enough for for once people get a little intoxicated. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone just forgets about the six feet rule, probably. You know what I mean? So, after, like, a few beers. Oh,
2: my God. It's so forbidden, you know? And all that taboo, forbidden stuff just makes it hotter. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like you're describing it like it's like a out de Caligula or something uh, but um the the thing about bellwoods that was interesting to me is and what Eric is kind of touching on is like people probably went there with the intention of like okay I'm gonna I, like I'm gonna go there and we're gonna sit six feet apart in the park and then they start drinking and then they're drunk after four beers and like it probably felt so good to be drunk and outside mm-hmm. and the thing about alcohol is it strips away the sort of this this like your ability to actually be care or be tense so imagine how freeing it must have been although stupid and selfish and all of those things but when you're intoxicated you don't know just to be like oh my god it feels like it used to feel like three months ago and then before you know it there's just everybody's fucking a foot apart laughing your asses off
2: guys with some little hottie and you're like (laughs) oh we can't we shouldn't for you know you're making out Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovers in a dangerous time,
1: right? Like, like if
4: you guys were okay, let's say you guys showed up, okay? Because to be honest, I'm so happy I was not in <laughs> Toronto this past weekend because I could have very well <laughs> been one of these people. That was gonna
3: be my question. <laughs> is if you were, I oh, feel yeah. the demographic
4: perfectly and I just feel like if I was cooped up in my little house over there like i would have just needed to go out and so i feel like yeah i totally would have showed up maybe early got my little place i would have been with my roommates but we would have been six feet apart from everyone else but once the tv cameras showed up and ctv news and cbc and every other fucking publication in toronto showed up i would probably be like oh this is probably bad and i don't want to be documented and i don't want to end up in a textbook one day let's go home now. Like, this is bad. And the mayor showed up. Yeah, that girl up. with
1: the hat. Oh, my God. She's everywhere. Like, the girl Her with the face hat is the everywhere. F- oh, sh- I like,
4: wonder like, what she's right ball. now. The one like, the ball. I'm like, oh, you poor girl. Like, you are probably so embarrassed right now. But, yeah. It's just like, once a TV crews show up, leave.
2: But you think binge drinking Erica would have had the wherewithal no, to no, leave no, the no, scene? No, 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 no. I think you would have been
3: like,
0: hey, cute cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does an interview. And let me tell you another thing about being <laughs> locked up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know, but I'm just uh I mean I totally understand everyone's intention in going there and just like, oh, we'll stay six feet apart from everyone and but you know, it it got real bad real quick. And like when things get real bad real quick, you gotta leave in this age of social distancing. Just you need to leave. Turn around and go home if it was that packed, you know?
2: Do you think twenty year old Max would have gone? Oh, uh no, because I think I have more respect
1: for authority figures. Like I'm generally like, okay, I should do the right thing. I don't usually, uh, you know, stick in my middle finger at the man. I'm always like, ah, oh, the man's trying to do his best, kind of thing. That's usually but my position. But you do
4: like to peacock.
1: I do like to peacock, but not under these circumstances. But I, I will say the next day, I think that the the,
0: the, the <laughs> he's park- a circumstantial uh, peacock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I know when it's appropriate, and when it's not. Uh, the next day, the park was pretty empty, or at least was appropriate. In, in terms of the volume of people there. So I do think there was, like, a certain amount of, like, we need to get this out of our system happening, you know, like, with that day, we're like, we just, like, everybody, we're going to go loco. Like, there's going to be a couple purge nights and days in the city of Toronto. I'm not excusing it, but it, it is something that we're probably going to see that is just reality. Unless they figure out a way so, um, to, to have people out and about socializing, drinking at a normal clip, so they don't have to have these purge days. You know what I mean? Like there, there has to be some changes in the bylaws when it comes yeah. to like public drinking and just like park space and also, uh, you know, pedestrian only car, uh, pedestrian only roads where you don't have to deal with cars because I think all that would help with people's like sexual tension, as you say, Shane.
2: Yeah. Well, in a weird way, this is good too, because it, it, the release of COVID is becoming manageable because there's such mm. like a, a divide. People with families and people over 30 are generally following the rules. And then people who are younger tend to be breaking the rules where, so mm-hmm. that kind of keeps it controllable, right? The, the spread. Uh, do, do you guys uh, think that
1: the government's doing a good job right now? I haven't been paying too close attention, to be honest, but like Doug Ford and Trudeau
2: and John Tory, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I got kinda of bored with this the everyday speeches. Like after two weeks I'm like I, I get it. <laughs>
3: I'm like, it. It's true.
0: Well, just like anything, you become fatigued. Like at some point, like I stopped paying really close attention. You, you you read the news, you keep up to date, like, you know, I'm you see the the stuff that's unavoidable on Twitter, like Trump saying that he you know, saying crazy things or taking taking the, what was that drug called? Like the hydroxychloride or whatever. You you see those things, but um, as far as like Doug Ford giving a presser every day or like even the prime minister speeches, it's like, I haven't watched that stuff in a while. Like Shane said, it's like, okay, I know the rules. I know how to protect myself and my family. It's like, I'm going to kind of stick with that until there's like a breaking news that it's like, we found an amazing treatment where literally you're only sick for a couple days and you don't die. And it's like, dope, let's get back to it. You know, but until then it's just kind of like you know madness out there like because it's like yeah people you know oh that person have you guys seen these videos i did see these where people refuse to wear a mask going into a store like it be- becomes like sort of like this act of defiance yeah, you know like i think we talked about this in another pod like don't let the terrorists win or whatever um so it's like you have all these people and it's kind of being divided along party lines where it's like i'm not no sheep you can't make me wear a mask in america this is a free country so there's all mm-hmm. these taped interactions of the you know yet like, they are the sheep
2: a- themselves following just the different herd or whatever
0: exactly that's the irony and just the guy in the costco or whatever and he's like uh and he's taping the dude the costco employee who's got the mask he's like sir you need to wear a mask and he's like uh, i'm not putting on my mask you know so whatever and the guy goes, uh, he goes, and I'm taping this for my Twitter for my three thousand followers. And the employee at Costco is like, "Well, hello to your three thousand followers, but you still need to put on a mask." And then he turns <laughs> his camera around to himself and he goes, "He goes, no, because I'm not a fucking sheep." And then the guy, because the guy was standing in line, the employee takes his whole cart jam packed full of shit that he clearly spent an hour and a half shopping for. And He goes, "Well, sir, you have to leave." And then, have you guys seen this clip? No, and he I have to. The guy stuff, and and now, and the guy. As the, as the cart's being taken, turns to his wife or whatever. He's like, can you take my card, and you just buy it? He's like, no, sir, you have to go. That's it. You it. And then the guy's <laughs> like, it is so... And then that guy got blown up on the internet and all that stuff. That's but he awesome. just It was just embodied him try, thinking that he had the power. And then the power was stripped from him right away. And then there's been sort of way worse videos of people like getting violent because, uh, you know, they're being asked to put on a mask. It's just like, it's so insane out there. And those things can be sort of very draining where it's just like yeah you just got to kind of put your head down and try and stay safe yourself
2: i've had people try to fuck with me a couple times how so i was walking with lucy and alex and a guy rode by on his bike and like brushed me on his bike and i'm with like a two-year-old walking but he's trying to prove that he's that type who doesn't give a shit about distancing and he wants to say something to me so he rides by me brushes my arm and he just goes by but he looks to see if i look at him and what i'm going to do so i just go And kind of stare him down. And then Lou keeps walking with Alex. And I just cross my arms and I watch to see what he's gonna do. And I make sure like I could take him in a fight too. Like, so I'm like, (laughs) if this gets terrible, I could handle this. And then he pulls out his camera and starts filming himself. And he's like, he's like one of these, like, I'm a sovereign citizen, YouTube, I have rights person. How old was he? He was like 50-something. I think I could take him. But uh, <laughs> uh, but he's like, oh, I, I uh, this guy's giving me a bit of a stare down. Looks like he uh, wants to have a bit of a conversation. I'm like, here we go, and then he rides by me, and I'm like, okay, it's gonna go down, and he's gonna turn the camera on me if I talk to him. But then I just ended up not saying anything and just gave him the like evil look, and that was it. But but this happened to me again where a guy wanted to like bump into me while walking to prove that he doesn't give a shit about distancing. But it's and like
1: afterward, did you have like the fantasy of like what yes. you would have said? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so what,
2: what would you have said? He comes up and he and he's like, do we have a problem? And I'm like, yeah, you just fucking almost ran over my two-year-old daughter. And he's like, what, what? I can't ride my bike there? I'm like, I don't think you can. And he's like, I know my rights. It's actually part of this bylaw. I can ride my bike here. And then I'm like, I don't give a shit. You should never ride that close to a two-year-old. You shouldn't be riding Mm -hmm. that close to people it's not about covid i'm like i don't care about it i'll punch you in the face right now and prove i don't care about covid and then i (laughs) i punch him in the face he lands like hard but not so hard where he's like knocked out he's just on the grass and then my wife just like is impressed and then we go home and make love (laughs) that's the fantasy
0: Um. So would you so you would have no problem fighting a stranger during COVID time as
2: long as I knew he was gonna be okay and I'd wash my hands right afterwards because I think as long as you <laughs> wash for twenty seconds you're okay. I wouldn't. The knuckles I used, like I wouldn't put the knuckles that I used anywhere near my mouth or my eyes. No. Or your wife. No. No. For that no. Yeah, I'd wait yeah. till I wash my hands and then take care of her.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, but yeah, that, I that,
1: definitely man. had that fantasy. Yeah, I've had that fantasy too. Because I walked Ash and I walked by the, the protesters at Queens Park last week, and you know everyone—it's like every dumb fucking sign that you could think of, which is like vaccinations, fuck off. It's like, uh, it's like this is slavery. Like you know, it's like every sort of person who's a little unwell, and it's just like. The thing which which I'd like to say it's like do you know Doug Ford do you know the guy who's the premier of the, who whose whole thing is like business first I only give a shit about business do you think that guy is enjoying this no all he wants to do is support private businesses and that guy is saying stay the fuck home yep. and don't touch anybody and like and like and I don't even like that guy but he's right so
2: like he's still really thinking cool. about business though that's the funny thing he's just somehow smart enough to know we'll get back to business sooner in the long run if we eradicate this sooner well this is, it. So this so is, is like it.
1: sovereign people that that are like the government trying it's like do you think any do you think any do you think i like it like yeah. do you think i like shaming you because you are like you know don't have a mask on like no like everyone fuck like we all agree on this guys like i can't even understand why there's like divisions here we all agree it fucking sucks What it sounds like from people that have PhDs, the best way to get through this as quick as possible is to stay the fucking side and not go near each other. So let's fucking do that. Like not some dumb fucking article you read on the internet. Do
2: you guys
0: think uh, with the and I absolutely agree with you, Maxi. Do you guys think back to the uh, the people in uh, Bellwoods and you know like that sort of grouping? If you're sort of in your twenties and living in a big city downtown Toronto. Do you think, like, yeah, so those people were all in parks and around each other, and we've seen similar scenes all around North America. Do you think those people during this time have been, like, hooking up? Any Like, do you think that people are secretly hooking oh, up yeah. with one another? Like,
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. In your 20s, like I was saying before, the sex is just so powerful, that draw.
0: So for them, the stretch, like, for all of us, we're, like, staying in, or it's, like, people are keeping very tight bubbles and all of this stuff. But it's, like, if these people since, like, two weeks in have been, like, Ah, you know what? It's like I, I feel fine, you feel fine, and then they're secretly like meeting up and, and 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 hooking up or whatever. It's like maybe it's not that crazy of a leap to be like, yeah, let's go hang out and have a beer in Bellwoods with other people who we think are safe or of whatever course. that stretches. I totally get what they're doing, but at least there's,
1: but but like the, the the in secret thing though, it's like at least you're not like flaunting it, like at least you're not out there in public. Like there, there was a certain amount of shame by by hooking up in secret. But the, the thing with the Bellwoods, which was the most offensive, was that it was just like. Out but for Bellwoods
4: would have been fine on Saturday yeah. if there wasn't ten thousand people. If fifty people showed up and chilled in Bellwoods, flaunting it, like it would have been totally fine. You know what I mean? It just got out of control so quick, and the last probably like. 9,000 people who showed up should have just turned around and went home, but they didn't because they thought they could manage the six-foot right. thing while they were there. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone went there with the intention, like, today, we're breaking social distancing laws, and I don't give a fuck. I, at least I don't think the majority of people that went there, that was their mentality, you know?
2: But everyone was, like, sitting on a blanket. All the people on the blanket were very close but to each But
4: they could have other. been Like, roommate. on every blanket. Oh, was- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> yes.
0: Erica. Did you know people in Trinity Bellwoods this weekend?
4: I didn't see it on any of my friends' uh, social media. I saw friends at parks in Toronto, but none of them were as bad as mm. Trinity Bellwoods. With
2: naming names, who are your friends yeah. hooking up? <laughs> <laughs> you asked okay, this last I week. Don't, change, I don't.
4: So oh, I'll okay. be honest with you. I don't have any confirmed <laughs> names. I think the ones who are doing it. It's it's rather quiet. But my friend. told me about three weeks ago. She can beep it. She told me three weeks ago that she was going to have a guy over who Mm. also lived by himself. She lived by himself. We've only been going to the grocery store, this, that, the next. But Mm. I think these single people like did try for uh, probably the first little bit. And now it's like, it got to a point where they were like, fuck it. Like I'm I'm living by myself. You're living by myself. I'm only going to the grocery store. Come to my house. Mm. Which I'm not saying is right or wrong. Do your thing, girl. But I probably won't be hanging out with for a
3: period of
0: time Mm. crazy times guys should we move on to the next topic yeah all right the next thing we are talking about today is uh, another podcast actually podcasts um called call her daddy it's kind of interesting (laughs) this is like one of the most popular podcasts in the world but have you actually never heard of this pod never shaney never okay so you know what's funny about this is so, two things. I had never heard of this podcast either until uh, they got in this big dispute with Barstool, which is what we're going to talk about um, shortly. But last week, I think this this thing went down. I saw some stuff on Twitter and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I, and I kind of read the backstory uh, before Scooter Braun got involved. We'll get to that in a second. But what was interesting about Call Her Daddy, um, that podcast, is it reminded me so much of uh, guys We Fucked, who I moderated that thing for them at Just for Laughs. Do you remember those two?
2: Yeah, of uh, course. Shane, I fo- like that. we follow them on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was just like, this just seems like that, but I guess more successful or popular because uh, to Max's point, uh, this and the Joe Rogan podcast are like they're the two most popular podcasts in the world. Um, that's Max's fact, not mine. I didn't fact check it, so I'm not sure if it is true yeah, it or not. But either way. Call Her Daddy uh, is this massively popular podcast started by two friends, these two girls, whatever, besties, uh, and they signed a deal with Barstool Sports, uh, and the head of Barstool is this guy named Dave uh, Portnoy, um, who's become very, very sort of like famous, uh, but also polarizing. People feel like Barstool is, you know, at times misogynistic. It can be whatever. They're, we could get into all that, but we won't. It has a huge following. People do love Barstool. Um So anyways, these two girls have this podcast, they sign this deal with Barstool, it becomes wildly successful, they want to renegotiate their deal uh, before their contract is up because of how much more successful it's become. I guess uh, Dave, the head of uh, Barstool, is like, yeah, we can start talking about that, it seems fair, etc., etc., but then he finds out one of the girl's boyfriends is like some suit uh, that he's like an agent or some sort of representation, I'm not sure what the boyfriend does, but he finds out that that guy's been shopping the podcast to other outlets, even though they have a contract with Barstool so even if like somebody else wanted to buy this podcast it's not like they could get to the Barstool contract anytime soon so I guess this pisses off the head of Barstool Sports Dave Portnoy and he basically is like that's fucked up I don't want anything to do with that girl or her boyfriend anymore so then that girl and the other girl get in a huge fight I guess about like who does more work on the podcast if if one's committed Uh, the other one's boyfriends like you guys aren't getting paid what you should get so it all becomes this huge 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 mess Um, all All of a sudden, Scooter Braun gets involved because I guess the suit, the boyfriend, uh, realized he he screwed up this deal for his girlfriend because now she's been cut out of the pod and basically they're going to move on with the other girl. Um, And then so Scooter Braun calls somebody at Barstool that is not the head of Barstool and then Dave Portnoy or whatever goes on and basically says, fuck the suit Fuck the girlfriend and fuck Scooter Braun. We don't care about any of that stuff. Whole thing blows up. He's like, dude, you screwed up your girlfriend's life and her career right now, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this is a wild sort of story for, for many reasons. But I guess we're going to talk about one, I guess this story and, and our take on it. But then two, what makes their podcast so popular? Whether it's like Rogan who just sold his uh, podcast to Spotify for $100 million, which is insane. That's Seems like Seems low, actually. Money.
2: Does it? Totally! Oh my god! In in two thousand three, I think Howard Stern sold it to Sirius for five hundred million, which would basically be over would be over a billion now. And Joe Rogan has more listeners than all the media in North America combined. It's it's nuts. They got away with like a steal, I think. And so many, everybody's going to go over from Apple to Spotify now. I'm not saying they'll stop using apple podcast app but me i'm gonna have to go to spotify and then then i'll listen to rogan and whatever else they have to offer there but it's going to be huge for them and ultimately considered a ripoff
0: well even the ringer right simmons went over there with everybody so it's like a bunch of us listen to those those nba ringer podcasts it's like weird they're all now be spotify podcasts and i listen to everything primarily through apple even though we are on both apple and spotify uh i have started listening to spotify so it works you know i mean they're going to get subscribers uh, Yeah, it's a based win, on win. who they pay to have. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what, what did you guys think of this deal? Like, do you think that like these girls, do you think there's just like a common showbiz tale where it's like, the, you know, the one person has this partner and then like, I'm trying to think of where it went wrong. You know what I mean? Is it, is it just the boyfriend basically saying you're not getting paid what you're worth? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or is it like the... It's the boyfriend. Well, he
2: overstepped his bounds, I
1: think. Did, did you yeah. see his... Um Dave, Port- Dave Portnoy, by the way, like he has like a legion of fans. He's like the Mr. Barstool, and it's funny. It makes me think about like how there's certain things like in our friend group that like feel like the biggest deal in the world, but like to most people, it's like I've never even heard of that thing. Mm-hmm. Where and I think the op- the inverse of that probably is Barstool Sports because like we, you know, consume so much sports media and pop culture. Does Barstool Sports really ever get brought up in the Champagne Boys group? Like no. No, it doesn't really no. but this podcast, um, Call Me Daddy, I'm, I'm looking on, this is like the latest uh, update, the website is called uh, podcastinsights.com, top 100, Joe Rogan's number one, and Caller Daddy is number two. Isn't that insane? Obviously, we all know Joe Rogan, but the Caller Daddy podcast is so I want to know how much they were getting paid and what the offer was they were trying to get. The salary was $500,000 a year for the for uh, each. each, I think. And I think they had other Pretty rights, good. and they had yeah. But um, but basically, yeah. Portnoy is like a, a legend in his own right. He's like I was talking to our buddy Brent, and he was saying how people have been sending him things like in the mail uh, throughout COVID, and every day he does like an unboxing, and he just writes the thing that has been sent. But he has this like Boston gruff guy thing to about it, and I was just thinking about like what is it about Boston. Um, that like creates these like personalities that are like so wicked, smart, like funny guys, but also really savvy. In like Portnoy's from Boston, Bill Simmons is from Boston, Bill Burr, I think, is from Boston, Louis C.K. is from Boston, uh, Adam Sandler's from New Hampshire, Rassil is from Boston. But it's just like they there's such a, a quality to like their like hot takes that kind of combines like an every man thing as well as. It just being like super smart that is like so appealing in the podcast um, world and I think one of the reasons I was talking to my friend Matt Brookman about it is the reason why someone like Portnoy does well is that he it like he isn't afraid to be controversial in a, in a comedian in a comedy uh, kind of way where there's a lot of people that like uh-huh. are afraid to say things. Because mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to be shamed. Or I don't want to be written about in the New York Times or what's Vox magazine going to be said say about me. Where Portner goes, I don't give a fuck. I don't like this. Yeah. I'm unapologetic about who I am, and this is what I think is funny. And if you think I'm saying something that's a little offside, well, that's your problem. I don't get. And by the way, I'm not saying that I condone this or agree with it. But I just find it interesting that that attitude is is the most popular thing. It truly like it, it does appeal to the most amount of people and i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing but i just i do find it really interesting that there that sort of segment of the culture is largely hated by like you know ivy league liberal like progressive blah 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 you know, anyway i, I am painting with broad strokes so so but that but i just thought that was an interesting uh, lens to view this through
2: well it's go, considered go ahead, authentic think- right and people mm-hmm. are so obsessed with authenticity and like podcasts.
0: Have you consumed any barstool or anything, Shane, or has it been on Never. the radar? Never. The, the
2: closest or... I've gotten to it is the segment the the one guy does where he eats all the pizza.
4: That's him. So he'll oh, just yeah. keep... that's uh, that's oh whoever that... or whoever is you're that Poitnoy? Yeah, that's
2: yeah Pornoy. Yeah. That is that is port-noid. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That guy's funny. I like <laughs> I like barstool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Call me whatever you want. But well, he's, he's funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, he's also been doing lately, and I have watched a couple of these clips just because they become so popular. Um, he kind of did a COVID rant that he, it, it, where basically he said the whole goal of quarantining was to flatten the curve. It wasn't to quarantine forever. So he's like, what are we doing right now? Like, you guys told us to do this so that we could, like, give hospitals a chance to sort of prepare themselves. But we weren't doing this so that we would stay locked up for the next three years. He's like, what are you talking... Anyway, the, the point... The, the, his rant went so viral that everybody sort of started talking about the way that he was see this is an example of how polarizing is so he puts that rant out Haralabob vulgaris uh who's like a famous sports gambler on twitter tweets dave portnoy's thing and he says dave nailed this and then a bunch of people in his comments basically say hey that guy's toxic and then he's like listen he's like i don't know anything about him he's like but i'm saying that this clip is Mm -hmm. he nailed it or whatever but it's like you know, it's just so interesting who's all But
2: he is he is in. kinda right, isn't he? And it's good that it's polarizing because then if everyone agreed with him, we'd be fucked. And if everyone didn't, we'd be fucked. So if it keeps yeah. going like this, we're just a little bit out, a little bit out, I think we'll be okay. This the fear is if everyone has the same mindset all at the same time.
0: Um just to wrap up this uh caller daddy. Uh, Do we think these women will be in a friendship again? And will they be doing their podcast within the next month? Do you think it gets solved?
2: Well, just knowing nothing about them, I say yes. (laughs) 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 I just like throwing a guess out there. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it sounds like the one is sort of like back in and the other and Portnoy obviously has like, is just as popular, if not more popular as a personality than these women themselves. And I also just think it's like just interesting uh, it always just I like not to say that like I agree with like you know everything that Barstool puts out or this I've never listened to the, the podcast but it's just like I think it's just a good reminder that like people are, are in their own bubbles and the people that control um, a lot of the media or the voices that we often follow on Twitter like are in their own bubble and come from a certain world view and their like lack of like you know understanding of like what's happening outside or interest in it uh, is something that's like kind of revealing that like the fact that i didn't know that this podcast is the second highest most rated podcast in the world is is actually very interesting to me and it's just if we want to learn to like get along with people or understand people better it's like it's good to, like, not just dismiss people. And I think that's one of the geniuses about Rogan. Like, Rogan, actually, why I really respect him is that he just like, occupies so much space, and he's, like, unapologetic about it. But he will, as you say, like, talk to literally anybody and everybody. And he does it with
2: generally, like, a good, you know, sense of decency and curiosity. And, um, and he's a centrist. And I think people are scared of people on one side of the spectrum or the other because it's... And they won't even talk yeah. to people on the other side of the no, spectrum. No, it's ridiculous. We, we, it's annoying.
1: And you'd think that like more people, like m- more of these like, media types would take a lesson from, from uh, Rogan mm-hmm. and go, ah, you know what, he does this thing where he's actually unafraid
2: to have an honest conversation with anybody and everybody and... I think that's pretty cool. And you have to admit when someone you hate does something that's good, you have to gain credibility by saying, oh, that person, although I hate them, they did something good right there. And I'm going to talk about that because I I, I want to see that person who I hate do more good things. So when CNN is no matter what is just putting down Trump constantly, I don't think it's doing them any favors for their goal. Yeah. But Rogan will actually have these people on. And then I, I feel like I'm getting the real deal. Like it, it actually yeah, and feels you just get under. to
1: understand people. Like I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in our society right now. So we just like don't understand people that are different. Mm-hmm. But from he's us. not trying to convince me of anything either. Where's no, he's not. He's CNN just but he's, is, genu- he's, he's genuinely curious about these people. That, that's yeah. what makes him that makes him great. All right, let's get the last one here, Mikey.
0: All right, our next topic is J.K. Rowling. The uh, author of the Harry Potter series. Uh, big story today, she has had this I give, book sitting in her attic for like a decade that she wrote. It's her first children's book since the Harry Potter series. It's called Ichabob or Ichabod, something like that. But uh, basically she wrote this thing like a decade ago. It's been sitting in a box. I guess she kind of read it to her kids. It was only for her kids. Um, but I guess she went back and found some of the manuscript and kind of started digging. It's like, oh, she kind of dug it um, and then decided to sort of finish this book or I guess polish it up complete it and instead of sort of publishing it and selling it which you know a children's book by J.K. Rowling uh, would be the number one seller in the world within two seconds she decided to release uh, a couple chapters every day or every week I'm not sure uh, for all the kids that are like stuck in quarantine right now Everybody's sort of at home and it's something that parents can read to their kids and she's giving it away for free and allowing people to uh, she's encouraging them to like do animations and they might get into the actual public version of the book that will come out down the road Uh, but I I, I don't know I liked this story for a a couple reasons one I just think it's really cool to have something that is so wildly valuable Um, you know what I mean it'd be like like especially someone that doesn't like it's like it's like someone that had the biggest hit in the world like a famous director or like a like I don't know someone who's considered an amazing songwriter not putting out something in their genre or even directing a film for years and years and years and then being like oh actually you know what I've just got this film that I I directed that's been sitting in a vault and I'm going to release it but not only am i not going to sell it it's like i'm going to give it to you guys all for free uh, i just think that's really cool um but move if the movie
2: shit though maybe she's like oh Whoa. my god this is terrible okay <laughs> i can't sell if this if i yeah. sell it it's going to tarnish my name but if i release it for free it'll <laughs> give me enough publicity where my next thing will just be purchased like gangbusters it's a good play
0: it is a good play it is a good play i still think she's books. trying to make
2: money by this in a way. Why? Don't
0: she, oh, she will? What's that? They'll publish it eventually. But yeah, I, I like so I like that angle. I just I just think it's smart and and. and generous regardless if she is planning to make more money down the road with yeah. it i still think it's good for her fans they're going to get a free book which is cool especially for all these kids sitting around um time will tell if it is a shitty book though uh and then the second thing that got me thinking about was you know we're all creative people we've all done work uh, in the past whether it's like an old skit or an old movie or a song we wrote or something like that is there any old work that you guys have dusted off or that you would dust off that you'd be willing to sort of show the world or post on one of your social channels or something like that so let's go around the grid erica have you done anything in the past that you would ever want to share
4: um so so shit like something that's already completed that we would put out or something we we pick back up and finish
0: it could be both could be either 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 or
4: Mm. i don't know uh, well when i was in school i did this uh like mini doc on the bruce MacArthur case and i was like super proud of it at the time it's very dated now but I wish I plugged it a little bit more in my life because for what, where I was at Mm. in my life and for how it came together, it's a good piece of journalism, but that's probably the only thing I would uh, revisit creatively from the past. Yeah.
0: Throw it on YouTube. Share a link. Let's do it. I
4: don't plug it, but maybe I'll plug (laughs) it. I'm
0: going to find it. I'm going to find it on YouTube. Um, Shaney boy, anything that you would uh, go back and revisit? That yeah, you've, you've I done, think a script you've written.
2: This is kind of out there already in the public, but it's it doesn't have a, hardly any views. It's the seven years ago, Mikey. You and I did this Wiz Khalifa Streeters. Mm. And, I, and i oh yeah and every time i watch it um, i'm never impressed with anything i do by the way every time i see something i'm like i thought this was good at one time i am terrible but this is the one thing where i'm actually it feels like i'm not watching myself and i'm like this is very well done and very hilarious so wiz mm. khalifa shane cunningham streeters i guess would be keywords but i think that deserves some more love and mikey produced it for me so uh
0: it was great. You were amazing that day. We went out and we just shot you fucking with all of those Wiz Khalifa fans outside of the Molson Ample Theater, now Bud Stage. Uh, you were awesome. Like, Yeah, that was that's a great piece. People should definitely go look that up. That's It's really good. Mike, what do you got? Me? I would. So I would, uh, well, I, people, I don't know, listeners might know this, might not if they're regular listeners. I was in a band called San Seb, um, and we have like, like our whole album I don't think is on Apple Music some of it is I don't know our music's all over the place I don't know I don't think we're on Spotify we're not really even though we were on Universal and had a record deal our music's not really out which is pretty much fine with me but the band before that the Racket uh, that I was in with my brother and Ted um, our friend Dan Hamilton his brother had a bunch of like old demos that we did and well I want to cut you off
1: because uh, Greg I'm in a text combo with Greg and Dan and earlier this week Greg sent me a, a text and he was like, Max, you ever hear this song Mike wrote in the heart of the first Danica breakup? This is straight yogurt and water Mike. And then uh, he said, uh, it, yeah, it's called the Danny Demo. Do you know this one? Are we Yeah, It is Dan, Dan-a-land. It's Dan-a-land, uh, Yeah, It's yeah, okay. song and, it, and it's a great song. And I was like, this is, I need more of this. I went, <laughs> shit, I'm going to play it for you guys right now. One second, here we go.
0: Erica, we'll just give you the song if you want to play it at the end. Are you going to just play it on your I wanna mic? I want to hear it now or?
1: though. Can you hear it? <laughs> oh
0: my God.
1: Can you hear it, Mike? Uh, Shane?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. It
3: starts out with late nights on the phone. I knew I could not leave you alone. This mail could always make my day. Daniel was a place I needed to stay. Great
1: song. Great song. I was like, why wasn't there more of this?
0: All right. Are we going to listen the whole thing?
1: We should just fade the episode out like this. So, all right, say goodbye, everybody. And then for the next two minutes, <laughs> it'll just be the song. But can we play, play the audio footage? from
2: the Wiz Khalifa Streeters also? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do
1: that at the
3: end All right, <laughs> see you later, guys. still living in all my thoughts. my heart can't always be your home. world my apart, but don't you ever feel alone, I'm here for you, no matter how much this life may change, my love is true, and I'll always feel the same. I had stayed awake Every night with the yellow baby in our bed There's nothing better than your homemade banana bread There's a million things I would say and do but when you think of me I think of me and you A hippopotamus A Vegas eastern us I could not forget all the things we did A wedding in the west All the songs I wrote, it's you, it's you, it will always be you. No matter where I go, whatever I might see, when I think of you, I think of you and me.